Nation podcast. My name is Simone Scott and I'm going to be sharing some South African stories of hope with you. My goal is to give you more information about the great things that people out there are doing to improve our country. Hi everyone, so it's been a while since the last episode and full disclaimer, it might take a while before each new episode comes out. I'm juggling foundation in between a few other projects and collaborating with others who are also quite busy. So every now and then an episode takes a bit longer to turn around than I'd hoped it would. But now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into today's episode. Today we feature the Retrade Project, a buyback center based in Port Elizabeth, or also known as Nelson Mandela Bay. What they do is they give people the opportunity to bring in items of waste for recycling and then they trade those items for food or secondhand clothing. What's particularly unique about today's episode though is that I was introduced to Maria Gruer, the founder, through a friend who recommended that I do a story on Retrade because of the incredible work they're doing in PE. When my friend made this recommendation, I didn't actually realize that I'd encountered Maria's work before. So I was just thrilled to learn that she was the brains behind an organization that I found on Instagram a few months ago. You see, after my recent move to PE and discovering that the municipality doesn't offer recycling here, I spent a bit of time researching recycling in the city and eventually my search turned to social media as most searches do nowadays. Um, There I came across Retrade because of their recycling work. And I kept meaning to visit the center when it was open to go drop off my few plastic items that have been sitting in my room (laughs) gathering dust. Initially, I honestly didn't realize that Retrade offers so much more than just recycling to the PE community. Like I said, I was kind of just interested in keeping up my own recycling habits. And even though I'd been following them on Instagram, it still took a while to put together all of the pieces of the puzzle about what they do. So now let's hear more about why and how this incredible project that's getting quite a bit of attention was actually started. Um, so I started the project in sure, 2014. So we've been going for about six years now. And it had very humble beginnings. Um, I didn't have any capital or cash flow or much of any knowledge really even about waste. I just knew that I was passionate about the earth and I was passionate about the environment and the sea. And I was also really, really passionate about helping others. Um, So I think a lot of it stemmed from um, kind of a deep sense of compassion. And I worked for a church for many years, uh, about seven years, and I moved to South Africa out of kind of a heart of compassion and and wanting to make a difference um, somewhere in the world. And yeah, I've just always felt like, you know, you really just need to improve the little corner of the world that you reside in. Um, It doesn't have to be something that's massive and and famous and, you know, um, fireworks bursting in the background. It can just be something that is making a small difference right where you are. So I really just thought, you know, what do we have in front of us? And at the time I was helping the church with a mercy pantry and I had lots of needy people in front of me and I didn't know how else to help them, but I just felt like the model that we had wasn't a good model. And it wasn't, um, giving anyone dignity just by receiving handouts. And I didn't even know if what I was giving people was what they wanted. And it didn't make me feel 
good as a person either. Um, I was building very good relationships with the people and, you know, I just felt like the giver and the receiver weren't actually getting what they needed, which I felt was dignity actually at the end of the day. Um, so you can fill a person's tummy, but like, are you really filling their heart, you know? So I think that's really where it started. And I just started to brainstorm with my husband, like, what could we do to, to help people feel empowered instead of enabled? And um, at the time, I, I was getting more into recycling and trying to um, explore avenues of how we could start recycling projects um, at our church and in our neighborhoods. And I just thought, wow, what if we could really merge these two things, like trash is everywhere. There's rubbish on the streets, there are plastic bottles that blow past us in the Windy City, you know, so like if we could if we could combine these two things and actually make kind of a commodity out of something where people could give us something in exchange for what they were receiving, like we could really start changing a value system, which, you know, at our project we really feel is the way we're going to change circumstances. Um, if you can change the way someone views something and can affix value to it, then you can actually change their entire value system, which will change their circumstances. So that's kind of where we started. So we, I worked with the church at the time, and they were really fantastic. I worked with a great team of people, and they were 100% behind changing it up and seeing how it would work. So that was great. I had a great team that really backed me. And um, in the beginning, I think I had about a budget of 500 rand a month to work with, which really wasn't a lot of money. Uh, but we just made it work. And yeah, the church brought a lot of donations in every week. So we worked a lot through the local community. And yeah, we just started very simply in a, in a back office, actually, at the church building. And we installed some shelves and we, we put some food out and I found a great recycling partner um, to come alongside me and that in itself was a feat because Port Elizabeth actually only has about three recycling companies. So we don't have a lot of options, um, but the options we have are good. And yeah, so we just started and it was a huge learning curve. It was, waste is a massive, massive logistical mountain. So it was a huge learning curve to me. I learned a lot in that first year. I had a lot of very <laughs> irritated neighbors <laughs> because I just didn't realize how much people wanted to participate. So we had literally a mountain of, of recycling going on. And yeah, I quickly had to like figure out how to get volunteers involved, how to train people to sort, learning about what kind of plastics are in the world, only to discover they're like, I don't know, 17 different kinds of plastic, um, you know, things that can be recycled in South Africa, things that can't be import, export, where goods get made, how much your rebates are. It all depends, all on, based on world markets. So it was a really interesting process. Um, and it took actually many, many months to kind of refine it. So I think it's finally actually in maybe the last two years we've gotten such a good system going just in our recycling areas. And I think the thing we've learned is just keep it simple. You know, um, people are very keen, but they also don't want to work too hard, especially our more prominent communities. Uh, they just want to drop off their recycling instead of, of getting their hands too dirty. So we've tried to make good compromises um, amongst people that are keen and interested and also just educating them about waste and what it is and how to use it, because that's a huge gap
in South Africa, I think. I can definitely recognize myself in some of what Maria says. I'm ashamed to admit that for most of my life, I didn't spend too much time thinking about what I put in the bin. Then while I was living in Durban, I was introduced to recycling as part of my daily life. One of my housemates made sure that we always had some orange bags and it became the norm to put our paper and plastic in that bag instead of into our standard black bag. I'm ashamed to say now that I still didn't spend too much time thinking about recycling and finding out what exactly can go into that orange bag. Do I need to rinse out my plastic? Can you recycle a pizza box? All of this I learned much more about later on when we started installing recycling bins at our office when I, where I used to work. And then obviously I learned even more when I met people like Paolo Condotti and Cameron Service that were featured in season one of Foundation. But anyway, I can recognize the truth of what Maria is saying. For most of my life, I was happy to recycle, as long as it didn't ask too much of me. But the traders at Retrade Project don't see recycling this way because of how hard this organization has worked to change their perception of waste. Although it might still be idealistic to think that recycling efforts should be motivated solely by a love of the environment, as Maria says, um, there, there's a hierarchy of needs. But she also said that she's definitely seen the, her traders' values shine through in the way that they conduct themselves and the way that they deal with her at the center and with the volunteers as well. We tried to convert um, a lot of the people that were coming for food parcels into what we call traders. So we said to them, you know, this is the kind of the last parcel we are going to receive, but we have this new system and we'd love for you to, to come and we'd love to train you in what waste is. And then you can actually choose from our spaza shop what you would like. And you could fill a bag of groceries depending on how much waste you bring. So we tried to, we did slowly just transition um, those folks over, and we we probably we probably only retained about five out of thirty, I would say, but we suddenly got kind of a new whole new mix of people and many more males, which is actually quite amazing. Um, a lot of NPOs I I find in South Africa primarily work with women and children, and so there actually aren't a lot of NPOs that work with with adult men. Um, so that was actually really special in a way, and it's a lot of guys that are either unemployed or they're in between jobs or they're subsidizing their their small incomes for their families through these through collecting waste. And I've got a few reclaimers that are full time, like that's their job. They they view themselves as a reclaimer, and they spend the whole week collecting, and they bring on a Friday. So we have a handful of those as well. Um, so it, it really varies in our, our target, target populations. We even have some domestic workers from the area that, that bring and also sub substitute for their grocery bills. Um, so it's really been amazing. Um, every once in a while we get a few kids that come and, and, and shop. Um, so, so it's been quite amazing. Mostly um, residents from the Walmer area, I would say, large majority. And yeah, so they would come on a Friday. Um, the reclaimers come from early, sometimes 5, 6 a.m. And you'll see them out on the lawn. They're busy unpacking the recycling, um, repacking into bags, sorting, cleaning, that kind of thing. And we've kind of just kept it to a very simple system of like 10 points per bag, um, which is kind of like a big black bag size of, of recycling. 
and they yeah they they're amazing they line it all up they know all the rules they they really know about recycling they've been really well educated it's actually my other community members that are more the problem with <laughs> with um with waste but the traders are amazing they, they they really get it and they catch on quickly and they've attached that value to it yeah i definitely think they they have a value for it so that's been a great motivator and I think once, even in your own life, once you start recycling, you actually can't go back. It's like you can never unsee that again. You can't ever throw that plastic bottle in the normal bin again. I mean, I'll walk down the street and pick them up and, and bring them home for my recycling bin because I can't bear the thought of them going to the landfill. So I think that it does change slowly over time. Obviously, you know, if we think of like the hierarchy of needs, I think that's always difficult for people that have hungry stomachs. So I think that's always going to be a number one motivating factor. Um, even as a mom, I know, like, I'll do whatever it takes to, to feed my child that night. Um, so I think as we help them fulfill those needs, the other needs will start being fulfilled as well. And they can, they can start having compassion toward those other things. So that's been an amazing thing. And, and it's just amazing to see, like, even how neat and tidy they keep the retrade area and... They always tidy up afterward for me, like I've never had to ask them to do that. So it's really impressive to see how their their values are coming through. I guess when you start to see waste as something you can actually attach monetary value to, something that has the potential to put food on your table, that really does change things for you. I found myself wondering how much waste is actually saved from landfill because of the Retrade Project's efforts. Um, it's been a little bit crazy with COVID. Um, our stats have been all over the show because we've locked down all of that. But yeah, we are recycling, I think on average, about two tons of, of, of waste a month. Um, so that's been amazing. And my very clever volunteers are always putting that into perspective of this weighs the amount of a panda bear and this weighs the amount of a garbage truck. And so it's been really amazing to see like, you you think that you can't make a difference, but you know, 30 people are actually saving all of that waste from landfill. And that's an amazing, amazing feeling at the end of the day. And I think it's just amazing to also be able to educate people about the beauty of the world we live in and why we need to steward it well, you know. And I think that is very ingrained into my faith of stewarding the small corner of the earth God's given us to have. And um, it makes sense for them once they start realizing how important it is as well. And some of our most vulnerable people in South Africa live really close to these very, very dangerous um, landfills. And I think that's a huge reality we need to also speak about in South Africa. Like, how are we protecting our most vulnerable people? Um, because people live close to these areas and it's not safe for them, you know. So it's a big education curve, I think, all around. But how does the project actually work? Like, what do the traders get for the waste they bring in? What can we as community members bring into the center? And when can we visit the center? So we try and keep it um, as generous as possible, obviously. And with COVID, we've, we've even reduced our rates even more just to try and really help people in the season. So we've always kept a baseline of like, 
10 points is a tin of baked beans so that we know if someone comes to the project with just one bag of recycling, they can at least leave with something to fill their stomach, that they're going to leave with that, with a meal for the day, you know. So we've tried to keep it like that. And all of our shelves are, are worked on a point system as well, just to also keep it simple, um, simple for our traders, simple for our volunteers. So you'll have like baked beans for 10 points and pilchards for 20 points and washing powder for 30 points. Um, we do a bit of secondhand clothing, um, but they actually do always prefer groceries over secondhand clothing. So, so yeah, so they'll come in, our volunteers will help assess the waste, they'll award them points. We keep a running tally so they can choose whether they're going to save points and carry them over to the next week, or if they're going to spend all in one go. And then the volunteers help them choose what groceries they want out the shop. And yeah, they basically bring waste in and leave with with food. So we have um, a more circular model now where we've really encouraged the wider community to bring their waste and that contributes to our our waste um, rebate check at the end of each month. So community members can actually help our project by recycling with us, which is a great way to be involved. So we take um, white paper, which is all your office paper that's printed on all your scrap paper, and we take cardboard, we take mixed paper, which is your magazines, your newspapers, um, your advertisements. Uh, we take steel cans and aluminum cans, aluminum cans. And we also take um, number one plastic bottles. So we've tried to keep plastics very simple in that we just take plastic bottles, otherwise it, it gets a little bit hairy. Um, South Africa does recycle other plastics, but it's very difficult for people to differentiate what those plastics are. So we try to keep up with just like your Coke bottles, that kind of number one plastic. So we have stuck to a Friday morning um, just because our volunteers are there on that day. So we really love the, the community to also try and come on a, on a Friday morning between 9 and 11, just so our volunteers can help you. Like they can literally answer your questions about waste, they can help you take it to the bins, they can help you sort. We've got quite a few bins on our platform for the community to use. So you can literally bring your bag and, and sort it into the different bins that are there. Um, so we really do encourage that. And obviously you're helping our project a great deal if you, if you want to free cycle with us. Um, so that's a great way to do that. And yeah. Yeah, so mostly a Friday. We do do a few different things during the week, um, but most of the action is on a Friday. The more Maria speaks, the more I find myself realizing how much work this actually must be. I ask her to share more about the challenges they face and how they've grown the project into what it is today. Yeah, and I think that it has been very challenging. Um, I think it's only kind of started to feel a bit smoother maybe in the last two years. So I think it is. It has um, lasted. It's had some longevity to it, and we've we've overcome a lot of hurdles. There were many a day where I was just like, "Oh my word, this is too much. I'm just gonna. I I, I don't know how I'm gonna face this mountain of of recycling, you know." Um, but I have had a great team around me. Um, our church has been super supportive. Anything I've needed, they've really been there to to back me up. So that's been amazing. Um, my volunteers have really really been amazing they've really wanted to be involved so i think if you've got a good team around you um you will succeed um i think alone you'll never you you know i think there's that old african proverb that says you can go you can go fast alone but you can go far together 
and I think that's really true. Um, I couldn't have done this without a, a, amazing people around me. And yeah, we, we share as much as we can of the load. But I think it's, it's always going to be challenging. You're always working with, with, with people's need. You're working with, um, you know, need in your store. And you're working with a logistical company that needs to get the truck there on time and needs to get your waste removed and rebate you and all of those things in South Africa are all challenges in themselves. Um, but yeah, we just take it one step at a time and one challenge at a time and just keep working at it. And yeah, it's paid off in the long run. Um, yeah, it's been very word of mouth. We've tried to keep it um, growing organically, I think, just because waste is such a massive um, logistical mountain, as I said earlier. We, we can only actually cope with the amount that we're coming in with, which is about about 30 traders at the moment on our, our monthly roll, um, and plus the local community. So our holding space, that's about what we can cater for. So we are hoping to expand our holding area and our, our shop. Um, so that's in the works at the moment, which is quite exciting. But we've just let it grow as organically as possible. So a lot of the traders will tell other people that they know are in need, and we've just let it spread that way. Um, obviously, our community also knows our church community. They will send people our way, or we do have a little program that runs like that they can come and get a small parcel for free the first time they visit the, the project so that we can explain to them how everything works. And then they can bring their waste the next time. So we do try and draw new people in all the time. And our traders change a lot. You know, some of them will acquire work or move to a different city. So we do see a lot of new faces coming through, which is also really nice to, to meet those new people as well. If you do a simple Google search on the Retrade project, you'll find that they've received quite a bit of media coverage. I'll ask Maria to tell us more about some of the accolades they've received. Interestingly, though, she doesn't really dwell on this too much. After a brief explanation, she naturally goes on to telling me more about the actual key to their success. Resilience. This is evidenced by how they conducted themselves at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. I kind of feel like we I haven't ever really pushed into any of those things. But yeah, I think it's been a lot of word of mouth. We've had quite a few articles published and people have just caught on to what we're doing. And yeah, we were nominated for um, the Santam Woman of the Future Award, which we just were at now in October. And it was really amazing um, just to be selected. I think there were like 728 um, entries and we were in the top three for a social entrepreneur. And that was just amazing. It was amazing to be selected. It was an honor for our team. Um, yeah. You just realize like the all the hard work just felt like it had such a uh, recognition for the moment. So that was really special. And yeah, we're really passionate about people becoming small entrepreneurs. So we see our traders as that. We feel like we are entrepreneurs raising up entrepreneurs in a society that, you know, is striving for for new business ventures. And we're kind of creating that out of nothing. So that was really really special. And we're also up for a Petco award, which Petco is one of the recycling companies in South Africa that do PET plastic bottles. So that's pending in the mix as well. And they obviously also look 
they're all on the look for community projects. So it's also been quite an honor to be included in, in their their mix. And yeah, um, I think a big part of our kind of success, I suppose, if you want to call it that, would be um, just our in our resilience and in that we we've just pressed through and even thinking through COVID, um, COVID was such a difficult time, like lockdown level five, because I knew that for a lot of my traders, this is their only source of bread on the table. And I couldn't get to them. You know, I, I literally couldn't get to them. They couldn't get to me. And I just said to my team and my team were just like, what are we going to do? And I just said, as soon as we hit level four, uh, we're going to apply for essential service as a food food service and we're going to take it we're going to take the food to them and whoever can help me can help me and we will we'll do what we can do and it was a really tricky time i lost a lot of volunteers because a lot of my volunteers were over the age of 60 so i kind of had to like also kind of recruit new volunteers in the mix um but i had another amazing man from our community come alongside me and was really passionate about helping as well and we formed a great collab and yeah, we, I think we, we at the end of the day, tallied up that we fed over 2,000 people during lockdown level four, and we brought all the parcels to their door um, to, to try and help them through. And I think that was just such an amazing picture of how we've just tried to stay resilient through the tough times and how it really does pay off. And we got so much publicity from that and we don't even really know how it happened. Like the word just got out and it was amazing. Um, I think lots of projects and businesses that just stopped really struggled to to regain their strength. And it took many, many months of kind of getting back on their feet again. And I really felt like as soon as we could, we opened our doors again and it, and we just kind of got over the hurdle. Um, so that was really positive. It was really hard because obviously lots of people were scared and and we didn't know how it was going to work and there were all these new protocols. Um, but my traders, when we went to see them and, and give their parcels, they were literally like, when are we opening? When can we bring recycling again? Will the government let us collect our recycling on the streets? So it was just so amazing to see how... Um, ambitious they are you know and how excited they were and how they wanted to get back to working and that was i think just a picture of of how retrade is has gone on so yeah we try to just press through as as much as we can seeing as the retrade project has gotten so much media attention i wanted to find out what it is that people love so much about them what sets them apart from other similar organizations there are actually lots of buyback centers throughout. All of us kind of operate um, differently with our kind of our own flavor, I would say. So there's a really wonderful one in Jeffreys Bay that I was very inspired by in the beginning. And they also work with school kids through Rotary. And they also do an amazing job. Um, they're removing tons and tons of waste. And they primarily work with school kids, the uniforms, shoes, um, things like that. So they are doing an amazing job. I really loved visiting with them in the beginning. Um, you get other buyback centers that actually give cash. Um, you get buyback centers that give tokens. Um, 
you could buy back centers that actually take waste, like actual rubbish off the beaches and that kind of thing. So everyone kind of has their own flavor, but I definitely think what's unique to Retrade is that we are working with older people. So we're not necessarily working with school children. And um, I think we're potentially the only the only one in the Eastern Cape that's working with adults. I think most of the others in the Eastern Cape are are working with, with school children. So I think that's really unique in itself. It it's obviously comes with its own set of challenges, um, but we really feel like that's, that's the area where we, we can serve people best. So we don't think you're ever too old to learn something new. So that's been exciting. If you've been listening to this and find yourself wanting to get involved, there are a few different ways you can offer your support to the Retrade project and their cause of nurturing micro-entrepreneurs while simultaneously tackling the problem of waste. We are always encouraging the community to volunteer if they'd like to. So people can literally volunteer on a Friday helping assist at the trade store. We have a small roster that goes. So you're actually only on about once a month, which is really lovely because it's not too much and it's not too little. So if people would like to volunteer inside our store and literally get their hands dirty um, with recycling and our traders. We love that. They can contact me. They can contact us on our Facebook page. We'd love to meet them and, and get them involved. We have stacks of people from Facebook, actually, that have found us. So that's been really cool. Um, people can do, run food drives if they don't want to be in on the waste side of things. Um, we partnered with like Ned Bank from Mandela Day and they ran food drives at all their branches, which was just amazing. It kept us going for months on end. Um, so that's a great way to partner. Um, obviously, if people want to send us monetary donations, that's great. Um, if they want to get their company involved, we have some great CSR packages, like kind of pre-made packages to help them get involved with their businesses as well. So that's a great way to be involved. They can check that out on our website. Um, yeah, even church communities, you know, I think it's just a great project that is easily um, replicated in other places. You've just got to have a champion to kind of decide to run with it and head it up. And it's not an impossible task. Um, so we, we've been exploring helping a few other churches also, you know, start little satellite shops themselves. And that's, that's a great way if someone feels a real call for that. Obviously, it's a, a little bit more management job, but um, yeah, we would really love to help anyone that would love to do that. We conducted our interview at Maria's home. So during my first visit to learn more about the Retrade project, I didn't really manage to get rid of my own recycling items. But I did eventually make it to their site, where Maria gave me a tour, and yes, I managed to get rid of my own paper and plastic that day too. We have different items marked at different prices. It's all based on a point system. So we usually work on about 10 points per bag of recycling, clean sorted recycling. So literally they can then just come in and say a baked beans is worth 10 points and a bag of rice is worth 20 points and a bag of oats is worth 30 points. So it's a very simple system. I left the Retrade project site that day feeling hugely inspired. Firstly, by the people I saw who had come in with bags and bags of recycling. I got to see them in action, neatly sorting out the items and browsing through the shop. It was great to know that so much rubbish would not end up going to landfill. But secondly, I was inspired by the business model itself. Seeing two problems, poverty and waste, 
being addressed at the same time like this was just incredible. The full-time traders clearly take pride in their work. They aren't just receiving a handout. They're providing a valuable service to the community at large. And this way of doing things just proved to me that opportunity can be found in the strangest places. Foundation was created by me, Simone Scott, with original music created by Wayne Charles Simpson.